Actually, pretty good. I put, I put my wiener in that. Wait, you did put your wiener in this? <laughs> That's none yes. of your business. That's inappropriate, Marcus. The milky water. Oh, eight percent. You guys are trying to kill me. That's a lot of. That's high for. That's a lot that's of. I said. That's, that's a lot of for death a malt. By, Why a, I bought it? It's a lot of death by tea. That sounds like heartburn and tea bag. That heartburn and toilet bowl. Tea bag, bro. Same alcohol content. I did get over the weekend. At a at a five day solid weekend of. A lot of beer, and I never had to hug the porcelain pine. How do you? Yeah, did good. <clears throat> but anyway, in the meantime, welcome back to the show. Heavy metal we over digress. a six pack. Hola, como estas? Gato de fuego de pantalones. There's random parts of the There's random parts of the random conversation that sometimes get included in these intros, but mm-hmm. we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. We done uh, good. A lot of avenues to find us on iTunes, uh, TuneIn Radio app, iHeartRadio, the uh, the fabulous Google Play, and of course the uh, the host site podmatic.com. Uh, Facebook with a simple uh, heavy metal over a six pack uh, little search in that search bar, and you'll you'll see the uh, the crossed uh, guitars with the uh, beer bottle. Uh, iTunes at HMOA number six PACK. That's also Instagram, and we can be emailed directly either by Facebook Messenger or at HMOA number six PACK at gmail.com. Yeah, we're out there. Hey, do you know the difference between a garbanzo bean and a chickpea? I feel like you've done this one before. I've never had a garbanzo bean on my chest. Ah. <laughs> Anyway, we start with some headlines. (laughs) 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 Heavy metal headlines. Uh, Would you like to start with some headlines? Sure. (laughs) Oh, good lord. (laughs) I got one of my my top multiple numbers, or I got two small. um, A top tenner? Well, top 25. But, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. I'm going to go with that first, since that's how I seem to start all of these. Whatever you're feeling, bro. So these are the 25 weirdest bands of all time. I'm curious. You piqued my interest. Mm-hmm. 25 weirdest bands. Uh-huh. By name, by music, by... By everything. I think just in general. So this one's called Stalag, or also known as Gulag. Okay, <laughs> I'm not even sure what this word means, but it is a... Let me try to pronounce this correctly. An amalgamation of musicians from the Dutch and Belgian black metal scenes. Let's see, albums released between 2002 and 2007. Apparently, one of the bands worked in a mental hospital and somehow got permission. Uh, the idea to have a genuinely dark despair in their music. So evidently, they used these people in their songs. Uh, this band is called Rock Bitch. No simulated sex here. Rock Bitch went all 
out on <laughs> on stage and the commitment to making the whole experience as real as could be. They also added in like occasional copying the genitalturers. Sounds like something you'd be into over there, buddy. Right. Uh, they also added in the occasional pagan ritual just to spice things nice. up even further. Very nice. And that is, if it wasn't even enough, the band would hand out what they uh, termed a golden condom to one lucky male fan every night oh. that they allowed backstage for some adult fun. <laughs> that can't be legal. I bet they're not allowed to mm. tour in the U.S. anymore. <laughs> uh, this band is called... Rhode Island and Vegas. Yeah, pretty much. This band is called NME. This pioneering punk metal band from Seattle is one of the first extreme metal bands. And not just because of the music, frontman Kurt Strubing was convicted of murder in 1986 when he chopped his own mother into pieces with a hatchet. When he was released, he simply got the band back together, and then he committed suicide in 2005. That dude dude had streak. That's a storybook ending right there. Charles Dickens. And a smidge mm-hmm. fucked up. <laughs> a, little, a little bit. Uh, this one's Radio Werewolf. Formed during the height of satanic panic hysteria in the mid-80s. Nice. nice. Uh, Radio Werewolf was considered the most dangerous band in the world. Largely due to the n- notoriety of their vocalist, Zena Shrek. Uh, is the daughter of Church of Satan founder Anton Levey. <laughs> Heavy flirtations with Nazi, Nazi imagery, necrophilia, serial killers, and mysterious cult rituals only added to the madness. Interesting. <laughs> the daughter of the... Mm-hmm. Okay. Just, you know, if you want your staple in life. Right. Uh, this is Rocky Erickson. The werewolf of Woodstock first made a splash with late 60s Austin proto-punk's 13-floor elevators. Oh, God. But his career was stalled by frequent trips to the psych ward, while Ro- uh, Rocky, I guess that's how you say that, never quite returned to reality. He still managed to create decades of seriously far-out rock and roll, usually with lyrics that reflect the hallucinogenic horrors of his paranoid schizophrenia. LCD, LCD, LSD is a son of a bitch. It can be. Father Yod and Yahawa Thirteen. Uh, Father Yard was the founder of the Source Movement, a spiritual communion slash cult that flourished in Hollywood in the early 70s. Yard used the earnings from this, from from that, uh, his Source health food restaurant to buy a mansion in Hollywood Hills, which he filled with hippie chicks and long-haired musicians. They plugged in, they turned on, the kale salads and drugs flow freely. Kneel before Yard. <clears throat> sense, yeah, right. <laughs> Uh, let's see. Uh, this is Bad Luck 13 Riot Extravaganza. Nice name. Oh, that is a band name. That's that's a name right there. Mm-hmm. Uh, complete yeah, that was lo- a little long. <laughs> complete lunatics from Philadelphia who sort of played hardcore punk, but really just wanted to beat themselves and their audience to a bloody pulp, which they did every night. True and utter rock and roll mayhem at its most savage and dangerously reckless. How this band got away with destroying so many venues and injuring so many customers, it's a mystery. <laughs> and you can actually see there's like there's like a picture and it's just like this hellish mess of... Nice. Uh, let's see, so this is Zolar X. Zolar. Lots of bands claim to be from outer space, but Zolar X might have been the most convincing. Arriving in that hazy mid-70s netherworld between glam and punk, not only did Zolar X dress like silver-suited 
antenna-headed space surfers. They talked in their own alien language. They delighted in confounded Hollywood until they vanished in a puff of green smoke in 1981. Allegedly. I've already read all these, and it's, I'm still... Allegedly. Allegedly. Okay. <clears throat> this is an all-sports band. That's, that's also the name of the band, all-sports band. All-sports band. Uh, sound engineer Tracy Coates from Frampton Comes Alive, Kiss Alive oh, 2 God. and uh, 1 and 2. Um came up with the genius crackpot idea for a hetero sports-based village people. Uh, the result was the all-sports band, which featured a boxing drummer, a football and baseball player on guitar and bass, a race car driver keyboard player, and a karate kicking singer. You know what? I love sports, and that's that's even too much for me. Well, that's why it's the all-sports band. I feel like it's an, it's an episode, what the hell was that <coughs> show, the cartoon with... Uh, 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 Wayne Gretzky, Michael Jordan, and uh, Bo Jackson. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Uh, the cartoon you remember? It's not going to be. All Stars? The next is the Ladybirds. There are a few all girl bands that, uh, that name in the 60s, which I've noticed that a lot of these bands are from like the 60s and yeah, 70s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like a lot of drugs were just yeah, yeah. thrown around. Anyway. Because uh, that doesn't happen today. Yeah, right. Uh, this lot were from New Jersey. They were renowned. Hey. For, they were renowned for playing topless. However, this wasn't a novelty act. They could actually play, and like really good. Eventually, they went to Las Vegas in L.A., where they were managed by top golfer Raymond Floyd. Golfer, <clears throat> like he's like I like movies. Yeah, pretty much. Can I manage you guys? Uh, this is Hate Beak. Hate. All right, so here's one for all those who don't like think they're enough birds in death metal. Totally sounds like because a transformer. Because Hatebeak are fronted by Waldo, and he's a Congo-African gray parrot. Just, just let that sink. Just just really, really take that in. All right, all right. It certainly adds a new dimension to extreme metal lyric lyrics. Lyricism? I think that'd be the word. Lyricism? Yes, that one. And despite the daft nature of the exercise, it works. They released four albums. Four <laughs> yep. albums? But they never toured. I feel oh. like they just catch the bird randomly making noise. Oh. Just kind of like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I got it, got it! Fuck! <laughs> Fuck! All right, this is, uh... Sure, Satan! This is, I don't know how to pronounce this. Can- Canonus? C-A-N-I-N-U-S. Canonus? Can- I mean, I don't know yeah, how else to yeah, say I that. Mean, you know. Uh, they were a death grand band formed in 2003 who had two vocalists. The difference being that they were a pa- uh, that the pair were Basil and Budgie, two female pit bull terriers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> in a way, Dan Lilker of Nuclear Assault started this trend when he sent a joke demo to labels with his dog on vocals. But this looks well, so, so like canine, caninus. It's supposed to be the term. Be the uh, band name, but they've taken it further, and the band had to split up after the ducks passed away. I mean, you know, <laughs> we can't go on. <laughs> I guess a, not. I guess you big, can't replace the ducks. It's a big choice. Yeah. Uh, this is all right. Um, <clears throat> impaled Northern Moon Forest, acoustic black metal. Yep. Uh, because Impaled Northern Moon Forest are not only weird but effective. They allegedly uh, started an offshoot of Anal Cunt, which 
I think the um, Plebe Insanity guys actually brought up the Moon Force because it sounds familiar. I believe, okay. we, I believe we talked about them. I'd buy that. So yeah, they were in a, so uh, I guess they decided to go acoustic to avoid disturbing someone slumbering close by. Whatever the truth of the story, the songs are feature a solo guitar, knee-slapping percussion, and wholly unintelligible vocals. Very nice. I like that. That's nice. That's a good look. Too bad you can't. Yeah, that's good. You're like Mickey. Oh, 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 oh. oh boy. All right, this is Compressor Head. Now, this is my favorite one. Compressor this is, Head is your Now, you got to look this up. If, for all you out there, you need to look this band up. An instrumental robot band, which each member having been built from recycled metal between 2007 and 2012, but what they do is they actually play real instruments. And I have, like, a video here. It actually, like, they're just like... Which makes a change from them having humans using synthesizers. So it's like the opposite. Uh, there's set list future songs from Motorhead, ACDC, Pantera, and the Remotes. Uh, baby, Compressor Head. Baby, baby pick Radiohead. <laughs> uh, Compressor <laughs> Head are a four piece and recently started a Kickstarter campaign to raise enough money to build a vocalist. But evidently the funding fell short. They couldn't afford that NES at the. Uh... Mm hmm. This is Honolulu Mountain Daffodils. Uh, the whole band is dead now. <laughs> wow. That's how this starts. Uh, two from alcoholism, one from suicide. Uh, frontman Joachim Pimento took his own life in 1999 after Joaquin a long struggle. Pimento? Yeah, that one. Yeah, that's, that's better. Uh, with mental illness, but not before unloosing 1987's aggressively alarming guitars of the ocean... Oceanic Undergrowth album. An absolute belter of way left of center post-punk that sounds like the work of Fractured Minds. But that's exactly what it was. What number are we on? I don't know. It's not numbered. Okay. I'm just, I'm just curious why I haven't heard Ween yet. That was uh, So next is the monks, clad in black with ropes around their necks and monastic shave scalps. The monks banged out primal barbed garage rock rhythms on a banjo strung with guitar strings. Yeah. I didn't know that was a thing. Uh, with a stream of conscientious lyrics like, my brother died in Vietnam, James Bond, who is he? We don't like the atom bomb. Okay. Uh, weirdest <laughs> bit is that they were American GIs stationed in Germany in 1965. Huh. Uh, this is AMM, all capitals. Proving that 1965 was the year music went weird, London's experimental free jazz art scene spawned the challenging, groundbreaking, and downright patient-testing concept of AMM music. Paul McCartney attended an improvisational performance in 1966 at the Royal College of Art. Uh, the audience numbered fewer than 20, and Paul made occasional sounds using a radiator and a beer mug. A spastic blur, an offbeat side project for comparatively sane mid-80s thrashers. Wormarked? Wormack, I guess? Uh, so this band bursts out of Portland, Oregon, with one-off LPs so willfully perverse that to this day nobody's quite sure what it's called. Saturated in surreal humor, 
There's a bold, virtually artful stab at varied musical styles that veer into goofball parodies before blissfully overwhelming by super fast grind. And for what what grind is, I actually learned recently, where it's like the fat. That's that's what grind is. The more you know, everyone. Alright. Teddy Bears is the next band. Formed in Stock, Stockholm in 1991. I was waiting for the German band. Teddy Bears signaled their otherness with their very name. Uh, let's see. This quirkily abstruse hardcore cult built a subsequent career mangling and splicing a wide array of hip sounds and styles. Oh, like, sorry. Hip sounds and styles. Hip sounds like So sounds pretty much this hip. band, they're all wearing giant bear heads. Bear went over the mountain to see what he could see. Hmm. Uh, this is Naked City. So this is the quote they used to describe the music. Uh, to watch 700 channel TV with your thumb permanently on the channel change. I could do that. Introducing Avent saxophonist John Zorn's uh, New York City jazz experiment to a generation of death metal heads via 91's era-defining Grind Crusher compilation. Although renowned for dizzily, dizzy, dizzyingly, that's a weird way. Whatever. I don't think it's a word. Extreme hardcore miniatures. Their classic pieces radiated celestial beauty. Well, evidently one of the songs is a half hour long. Yeah. yeah. But that's what people are listening. To. It's just like Tool. Yeah, pretty much. Or it's any cool. of Metallica's intros. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this one's called X Cops. Dave Broker, Gwar's, this is actually uh, Gore's lead singer, um, Odorous Urungus. Uh, he went off on another bizarre tangent in 95, rebadging himself as Patrolman Cobb Nobbler yes. in X-Cops, a band playing hardcore-infused death and roll dressed as police officers, singing songs such as Cavity Search, Zipper Pig, and the blistering Welcome to New Jersey. <sighs> This band is called Old. O L D. They were the earliest musical endeavor of renowned producer and musician James Plotkin, alongside otherworldly vocalist Alan Dubin and ex Soundgarden slash Nirvana bassist Jason Evans. From foundation of a zany cartoonist grindcore, the New Jersey Arnick. Whatever. Gradually spun their fearless imagination through abstract industrial psychedelic to electronic house and techno influences. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, Abruptum, which I'm pretty sure I've heard of. Uh, let's see. The audio essence of pure black evil. Uh, members It and Evil, I guess those are the members, raised wow. Sonic Hell <laughs> right, with torturous excursions into horrific atmosphere and Atmosphere, sorry, atmospheric noise. Atmosphere. Yeah, atmosphere, yeah. Uh, so explain that the recording procedure for this band, he left them to it. And when he returned, there was blood all over the walls. And the, oh, al- shit. And the album was in the can. Oh, shit. It was claimed by some that singer It was a Dwarf. Yep. Like, legitimate dwarf? Mm-hmm. Like uh, Lord of the Rings dwarf? I, mean, I, I need a little. No, no, there are dwarves and hobbits what? in Lord of the Rings. Oh, yeah, there. Gimli, hello. <laughs> Sorry. No. That's. I don't know. 
When I think of dwarf like in real life, it's a lot different when I think of dwarf and. Yeah, but there's there's dwarf midget little person. Yes. Like it, there's a there's there's a thing. I suppose. All right, so two left. A velvet cocoon. Uh, early two thousands. They are black metal underground amid many outlandish claims and bizarre backstories that had many assuming the band was a hoax. Were they really eco-terrorists or elves? Do they really have a metal guitar wired up to a diesel-powered tubes transmitting sound via fiber optics through a 15-gallon aquarium of seawater, wine, and blood? No. The world will <laughs> never know. I'm going to go out on a limb and say no. Well, this is the last one here. This is Sleepy Time Gorilla Museum. Mm. The name's a giveaway. Sleepy Time Gorilla Museum present, presented their nightmarish, surreal prog metal with a distinctively demented visual style and a wide array of custom-built instrumentation, including the tang- Tangularium, which is pedal action wiggle. Oh, I'm sorry. So the next one's a pedal action wiggler and electric pancreas. Electric pancreas. Uh, I suppose. That sounds like a band in and of itself. <laughs> it does. The self-proclaimed mission is to destroy rock music with the power of rock music. Huh. And their first concert was performed to a single banana slogger. Yeah, fight, fire with fire kind of a deal. I guess. There's a ween not even on that list. I don't know. I didn't make the list. But uh, we'll leave up the actual... I'll send you the link. And uh, there's actually a music video from each of these bands. So you can actually listen oh, good. and observe. So we're sorry. Yeah, pretty much. We should do it. Pretty much. We should do a bracket. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right? The weird band. We listened to three bands and one of our hosts didn't come back. I'm not sure what happened. <laughs> Disappeared. It's not really. He's in with a snorting Cheeto dust right now. Right, we'll, we'll stick with the polls, but I only have a five. I got a fan <clears> poll. <throat> Revolver Magazine. Fan poll greatest debut metal albums of all time. No debut, so that'd be like their first. first. That's a tough call. Mm-hmm. Their first fan poll, man. The people have spoken. We're just gonna talk about it. That just, just depends on your genre of choice. But like I said, the fans. So you remember that? You remember that debate that we had, like prior to, and you said like all the fans are stupid because they just buy dumb shit, like not Megadeth. I feel like you need to be more specific because I've said that on more than one occasion. <laughs> so, number five, Machine Head made the list of the fan really? poll. Burn my eyes. My boys, Machine Head. Left Freedom Ring with a shotgun blast is one of Metal's great shout along choruses off of one of Metal's great album openers. Uh, talked about Machine Head all the time, so I won't. Uh, from Davidian to Block, Machine Head's 1994 debut is All Killer, No Filler. Slamming together Pantera's Far Beyond Heavy Groove, Biohazard's Urban Grittiness, and Slayer's Repentless Thrash to create something revolutionary, and if not exactly eye-burning, definitely eye-opening as the shape of metal to come. Fans of Spoken, man. This is number five. Fans are stupid. Number four. Metallica, kill them all. While many made they the, picked a good album. While many well, made the choice with the debut. Which Metallica LP is actually the best? The simple fact that a rookie band could make a debut LP, LP, excuse me, that has stood the test of time, the way Kill 'Em All has has speaks volumes. 
credit Dave Mustaine for his contributions to this monster, of course. Kill em All is all the beginning of thrash and rocks just as hard today as it did back in 1983. Oh, we have the same birthday. That's so, that's so funny. Aww. So, yeah. There you go. Number three. Corn. Corn's uh, self titled album. Corn. Blind, okay. Blind was a good track. Blind. That, talk about standing the test of time. Like, I think everybody still loves that oh, song. Yeah. Long before the phrase new metal became instant grounds for cringery, <laughs> Corn were inspiring a new generation of disenfranchised subverters for this episode. That they too were capable of transforming their anger and trauma into something artful. Jonathan Davis, who's a weirdo. He's a very his, smart weirdo. Yeah, never mind his artful debate. It's like creepy. <laughs> Jonathan Davis turned the abuse he had faced growing up into a padded cell ready vocal style few could keep up with. All soundtracked by screeching, tribalistic guitar grooves, and hip hop inflected rhythm section. Yeah, Corn's definitely their own thing, that's for sure. I'll never forget, I watched, there's a video, it was a while ago, so I think if I, don't quote me on this, but I think they were on their way to either a tour, but they were on like a small plane. Like there was, there was passengers, mm. and they actually played at the front of the plane with like a little tiny drum set and like some instruments with like oh. tiny little amps, oh. and Jonathan Davis sang over the intercom. It's pretty interesting. That's pretty fun. It was. Good times. It's pretty <laughs> uh, number two, Slipknot's debut album. Slipknot is also their self-titled album. Yep. Self-titled album, Slipknot, the fastest-selling metal debut in American history. That's uh, per SoundScan. Slipknot's eponymous LP catapulted the Iowa band to international stardom immediately upon its release, legitimizing their rowdy, masked. Antics by way of hard-hitting sample-spiked arrangements, aka sick, insidiously catchy choruses, wait and bleed and spit it out, and of course, Corey Taylor's gut-wrenching vocal exorcism, which remains iconic to this day. Nearly two decades later, songs like Eyeless and Ior still cut straight to the bone. I do agree with that. Number one greatest debut album of all time, Jay, you have a guess? Number one greatest what? Greatest metal debut album of all time. So I know you're up for a moment. Number uh, number three was Korn's uh, self-titled. Number two is Slipknot self-titled. So we have Machine Head, Metallica, Korn, Slipknot, and TBD. It's a tough call. Way to add-lib, buddy. How about Black Sabbath self- self-titled album, Black Sabbath? Yeah, but I feel like that's like too... The fans are speaking, man. If you want to fight with the fans, let me read the... Do it. Fight them. Fight them all. And then you can tell the fans how stupid they are. Ozzy, Iommi, Geezer, and Ward's self-titled debut isn't just a record, a a great record. It's tolling death bells, netherworldly howls, and blues-turned-pitch-black riffs set the the tone for an entire movement, a genre, a lifestyle, and a sound. This is a heavy metal, heavy metal ground zero and simply one of the most important artistic statements ever made. Now, I wonder if the fans were, were, were wooed by the fact, because didn't we have this conversation when we, when we talked about the origin of metal? That, like, didn't we decide yeah. that the starting I've point was going to be Black Sabbath? Now, it's yes. funny, because even though like, there's huge debate that rages on about it, like, but they're the benchmark. So this is what, I, what I've kind of jumped on with all, all these albums. They were kind of like the first in their little... 
peak of genre. You know what I mean? Like, Corn was, like, one of the first for that era, like the 2000s, you know, late 90s. And then, you know, Slipknot wasn't the same, but they were a little heavier, a little more on the crazy side. Metallica was, like, one of the first to hit that whole thrash genre. Black Sabbath being, like, the first, you know what I mean? So that's, I, I feel like it's just, like, the start of an era. It seems to be for the uh, Let's face for the it, Dave Jonathan Davis Pugh. just wants to be Dave Patton. So, or Mike Patton. I was going to say, who the hell is Dave Patton? But he just wants to be Mike Patton. Really? Oh, yeah. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Without Faith No More, there is no corn. <laughs> There's no corn. So, uh, the guys of Faith No More, like... Tragically beat and raped Jonathan Davis <laughs> over and over again. The greatest sick twisted fuckery. <laughs> Thanks, Faith No More. That was probably Mr. Bungalow that did all that. He should thank Mr. Bungalow. Those guys probably went over there and just smacked that boy. I don't know. The solo album isn't great. It's uh, okay. Yeah, it's something. It's, it's what she said. <laughs> no, she didn't. <laughs> Not to you. Not my fault. I did my best. I did my best. This has never happened before. So Jay must not be in a de- <laughs> Jay's not in a debating mood today because I, I, I gave him some debate, some debate bait there. Debate bait. That's all right. That's all right. That's cool. I got you. We still have main events today, so we're we're fine. I just, you know, I think going with with Black Sabbath as your number one debut heavy metal album is kind of too on the nose. Like, you know, to me, it sounds educated and maybe forced. Like, I respect the Sabbath <clears throat> album, but it's not my sure. favorite. It's not my favorite. Sure. Out there, my, my God, I could probably name 100 debut albums that I prefer over the right. Sabbath. All right. Cool. Cool, cool. Cool. That was, yeah. that was riveting. That was cool. nice. Yeah. Um, see, you're saying you don't like it, but you don't want You have to discuss. This is radio, man. No, you have to no, no, I don't. I, I can just put it out there. Boy. <laughs> Do you have another one? Because I'll, I'll leave my, my heavy hitter for the end. I got one more fun one. Ooh, yeah, right, so I'll do my hit. small one, and then we can, I'll roll with mine, because there's a slight debate. It's kind of going back to some of our other episodes. All right, so this, uh, this, this, reason, this, uh, this, <laughs> this uh, article right here is 10 reasons to have a beer right now. Is podcast on there? Mm, it's in my hand. Is it on? Not yet. According to men's health. Oh. All right. I will read a little bit of this article verbatim. Sure, you probably have beer to thank for helping you meet your girlfriend, spurring some of your greatest stories, bringing out your worst dance moves, but it turns out there are tons of other awesome, scientifically proven, scientifically proven, science reasons to love a good brew. You know, she blinded me with that. That bitch. Beer could safeguard your heart. Boost your immunity, protect your immunity, bones. Immunity, like Survivor, like your your, your ability to in a court of law. Oh, not a, the ability. <laughs> I'm to, drinking. You can't touch me. The ability to kung you fu ninja illness. I can't see you. <laughs> exactly. So we'll go over a couple of quick highlights. Beer benefit number one: protect your heart. Which you put the glass over your heart that you're drinking out of, and if somebody mm-hmm. shoots you. You may okay, but it says wine usually gets all the credit as the booze that helps cut back your cardiovascular disease risk, but beer might be just as heart-healthy of a beverage. Italian researchers and found that... beer is all natural nonsense. It's not a lot of crap. Italian oh, researchers found that moderate beer drinkers had a 42% lower risk of heart disease. 42%. I'm going to live forever. Right. <laughs> 
right, beer benefit number two. But wait, wait, no, 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 no. I need to stop mm. you. Forty-two percent. That means that these are all fifty-eight percent people who did drink lived longer than the other forty-two percent. Okay, let me read it. Italian researchers found (laughs) that moderate moderate beer drinkers had a forty-two percent lower risk of heart disease compared to non-drinkers. Yeah, but if you flip it, that, that means 58% of people who didn't drink lived longer than that 42%. No, that's not what it's saying. No, because it's saying that the, the 40... The 42% had a lower risk of heart disease yeah. compared to non-drinkers, the 58%. It just says they have a lower chance of heart disease. No, it does It does note. It says, uh, keep your consumption to one pint at around 5% alcohol by volume See? a day, the researchers say, but fuck that. Statistics. So I take, I, I take my forty information now. I take <laughs> yeah, my right. I take my forty-two percent. I, I times that by seven. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I just start and do it for the whole week, so and I'm done. That, I have a three hundred percent chance of not getting <laughs> right. That, that one Scotch tumbler I take on Monday that covers me for the week. Okay. So if I drink all the vodka in the uh, bottle, I don't think distilled beverages are different than the the, nice. the, the hops and the. Just saying. Let it happen. All right, beer benefit number two. <laughs> Follow along. That way you can you can you can get these benefits because you seem to be focused on the negative today. You don't want to debate and you're focused on negative. And I like it. <laughs> I've been listening to death metal. Let me sip this pint real quick. Alright. <laughs> Benefit number two, you think like a genius. Knocking that back makes a, it different, that right. one. Knocking back a beer or two won't oh, make okay. you smarter, but it could boost your creativity, according to a study in, well, the, journal, yeah. in the journal Conscious. You don't think I can jump that and just hold my beer? Okay. I can. When Here's a study. Let me finish the study, and then you can okay. debunk okay. it. Okay. When 40 men watched the movie while completing verbal puzzles, beer-buzzed guys with a blood alcohol content of .075 solved the problems a few seconds faster than their sober counterparts. You suck it. Okay, well, we're talking about just a verbal thing. Okay, fine. But as an artist, I feel like as as like a physical thing, probably not so much. Like I don't understand how musicians can stand up there and keep drinking. Okay, I have a problem holding a pencil and drawing. This is what I can. This is what I can attest to it because, like back when, especially like when we first started, you get like super nervous. The first thing you do is like you know. That's how the, the tradition started, where we all go up to the bar and we'd all have a shot. A shot. Mm-hmm. It's the nerve calming. Right. But, like, I but, I mean, you can't be up there, like, obliterated, obviously, because we're, we're actually trying to do something, like, technically sound and, like, whatnot. I'm not saying that some of us have Well, happen, I always figured but... that, like, a lot of the... Because the, most performers, when they come off stage, they're sweating. Yeah, it's... So, when you see them for drinking some reason, that it's, much, it's they're like sweating. It's, like, 800% hotter on stage than it is. So, I mean, it's not going to help you, obviously, with, like, dehydration or anything like right, that. It's, it doesn't really have... I, no, I, I, I think it's more like the, the nerve... I think it's more like the nerve calming kind of a thing. But even when we are writing, I mean... I mean, I, I don't drink, like, a fish, like, when we're actually working on stuff. But, right. I don't know, it keeps it... I guess it, it, it picks up the bravery. Like, you'll be willing to try something. Well, it's like that thing, too, is, like, they say, like, with the whole drug driver thing, the person who's drunk and they get in the car accident, at least to get injured because they don't tense up. Right. Their body's right. loose. They just kind of let it happen. We go, wee! Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so yeah, I, I'm like, you know, I started drinking, and once I got a buzz, I'm like, I, I don't want to. I don't want to move anymore. I don't want to mm-hmm. work on artwork anymore. All right, beer benefit. Well, 
quicken this up a little bit, maybe. Beer benefit number three, prevent type two diabetes. Diabetes. Oh, Which sugar is I find it I find this interesting because I actually mm. thought like drinking was like a, a higher yeah. thing for yeah. diabetes. So but apparently not type two. How many types are there? Two, I think. Is there three? So uh, if you don't want type two, you drink. If you want one and three, well, you drink. And good luck. <laughs> Faced consequences. Yeah, pretty much. Dutch researchers, Dutch researchers analyzed 38,000 male health professionals and found that when men who weren't big boozers began drinking moderately over four years, they were significantly less likely to be diagnosed with type two diabetes. Increased alcohol consumption over time didn't lower the drink risk up, in gentlemen. men drink up. who already had a couple of... Oh, that's confusing. So moder- moderation, again, is a key word. So uh, beer benefit number four, be kind to your kidneys. Well, it's like if you ate like 900 boxes of Cheerios, you'd probably feel like shit, but your cholesterol is probably gone. And, I mean, you'd be pooping for the next three, <laughs> three months. If you could. All that wheat in so, your body. Yeah, but all that fiber. Yeah. So the, the only sentence on number four, the be kind to your kidneys. Gone. I'm going to read the first sentence. Cheers to never having to pass a kidney stone. Yeah. Yeah. I heard it's terrible. I heard it's and, quite awful. And I will just continue on drinking. Gallstones suck. I can't imagine kidney stones being much better. Mm. Anything with stones in your body, mm-hmm. not, not mm-hmm. good. Mm-hmm. Stoning in general is usually mm-hmm. bad. I don't remember this one. Beer benefit number five, recover faster. Move over Gatorade. Oh, move over Gatorade. A heady brew could also aid in workout recovery, according to a Spanish study. That's Researchers Spanish. asked students to exercise until their body temperature reached 104 degrees and then had them rehydrate with beer or water as it turns out people who had a post-workout pint doesn't that mean you're like dying were slightly more hydrated than those who just only had h2o the morning after my aunt swore by a budweiser and tomato juice well, this like a hangover cure? Yeah. Oh, well, the best hangover that, that cure whole, is to like, start again. Fight fire with fire kind of deal. <laughs> <clears throat> Might sound like a horrible. Alright, so apparently this is your benefit. This is number five again, but get an instant confident boost. That's kind of dumb. Uh, that was number kind six. Beer benefit number seven. See clearer. A Guinness a day could keep the eye doctor away. Guinness. Canadian researchers found that one daily beer, especially a lager or stout, Increases, but they're Canadian. They look through snowstorms all the time. Everything's blurry. Activity <laughs> that can stop cataracts blurry, eh? from forming in the eyes. So we're not gonna pass any stones. I'm not gonna have cataracts in my eyes. This is gonna be awesome. I'm just gonna vomit constantly. You could just smoke weed and just. Now this one is interesting too because I thought <laughs> I, I thought this was actually I thought this was actually like a reverse. But beer benefit number eight is lower your blood pressure. Okay. High blood pressure. Which is weird. Point. Which no, I'm gonna to fight this point. one and because then you my, have that last shot, and his, then your blood pressure goes through the here's roof. Here's the thing: my father has high blood you're pressure. Trying to fight a. If anyone knows my father, the keys moderation. He look. should not have high blood pressure. <laughs> the keys he should moderation. have no blood pressure. He should be like the three dollars super soaker full of blood pressure. <laughs> Everything does say moderation. Just uh, just a fine print. All of this. Uh, like beer benefit number nine, and I actually believe this one. Fight Advil. off, infe- fight off infection. Why is it so terrible? Having one or two, ju- yeah, having one or two drinks a day might boost your immune system and fight infections, according to an Oregon Health and Science University Oregon. study. Mm. Uh, far this con- state <laughs> in the goddamn country. <laughs> this is pretty good. Scientists vaccinated, vaccinated <laughs> monkeys against smallpox and gave some of the primates access to alcohol. <laughs> oh, so they gave alcohol to the monkeys. <laughs> okay. Now I believe it. But the animals that drink heavily, he may not match it at all. I gave my goldfish some <laughs> Budweiser, and he didn't fight anything. He started brewing a Shiraz, though. 
All right, last one. Beer benefit number 10 prevents a fracture. Nasty breaks from drunken debauchery aside. Well, that's going back to my drunk driver thing because you just kind of give in. A couple of beers a day could actually strengthen your bones, according to the study at Tufts University. Guys who stuck <laughs> you to one... You just have less resistance yeah. upon impact. Hold on. Guys who stuck to one or two brews had up to 4.5% greater bone density than non-drinkers, but more than two beers associated with up to 5.2% lower density. According so to basically studies. what we're really so suggesting is that the responsible people have stronger bone density. <laughs> Dude, they're saying a beer a day will keep everything away. No, they're man. saying like, this they're is responsible great. drinker. I am so happy with this news story. Like, I'm so happy with this news story. Like, I don't feel like I'm dying slowly right now. We're all dying slowly. Yeah, but I feel like I'm dying less slowly now. Okay. And that makes me happy. It's a good I assumption. Don't know how to respond to this. I fuck want this copy and paste like I wanted to. Copy. Control C. Paste. There it is. It's official. Check it out. But beer will save lives, baby. Woo! But who's live? Will it be yours? <laughs> yeah, right. Tune in next week. And we'll tell you who's live. Beer saved. Jay, you're fucking negative today, bro. Negative. Not just negative. Fucking I just, negative. I just said we had a show about who beer saved. How's that negative? Yeah, a tone. Um, most I of kids. Is it because you're over there on that side of the table? Maybe I'm separated. Gonna, you sat there on your own will. I know, because I feel like... We're, we're going to build a studio with like a glass window in front of it. Just put him in like a we'll tiny box. stick him in a room. With okay. one air hole. He'll be in that closet. He'll be in that closet over Why there. am I over here, guys? <laughs> Don't you know? And now, Jay... Can you hand me that squeegee? I have to... <laughs> I'm fucking off, up, I'm fucking off up. of the, the window. I'm fucking up. All right, I got, uh, I got one more. Uh, oh, this... This goes back to Udomas. kind of one of our earlier discussions about, um, you'll see, and I'll read it. So as Who early dying, as we know, yes. the as lead singer, uh, yes, <laughs> also, also, um, good, uh, good counter, counter reaction there. Yeah, safety measure. Oh, now you're going to participate, whatever. No, right. Yeah, what are you going to do? Uh, Jay, as... We brought this up before. I don't know if you knew, but the Azalea Dang lead singer is the guy who put the hit on his wife. Yes. He went yep. to jail. Yep. So uh, he's obviously out, but not. Um, so they. Yep. And uh, so they, they've uh, they've gone on tour, essentially. So. I feel like this is bad <clears throat> that you're giving us a, a new story so soon after the last story from him. So um, I'll, I'll just I'll just read from this. Azalea Dang's reunion tour is already exceeding demands overseas. The Metacore band has arranged a North American tour. Six shows in Europe have already been moved to larger venues. Uh, back in June, Azalea Dang performed their first show in over five years. Uh, the instrumental section publicly forgave vocalist Tim Lembasis following the prison stunt for attempting to kill his wife. Uh, so they announced their return to writing and performing early in 2018. Uh, many European fans seem to have forgiven him, as evidenced by many um, 1,000 plus capacity rooms being sold out four months in advance. Uh, let's see. Germany seems to be particularly anxious to see them. As shows in, yeah, I'm going to figure that one. <laughs> Berlin, Hamburg, Hanover, and. L- That's Russia. <laughs> Leipzig. 
have all been upgraded to bigger <coughs> rooms. Um, Austri uh, Austria gig has also been moved to a larger space. Uh, the December 8th show in Munich and December 9th show in... I'm not going to... Karlsruhe? I don't know. They're both sold out. Be curious to see how they originally like marketed this. So, like, if they actually aim small. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. The, the the tour has only been in Europe so far. Well, it's an, it's a North American tour, but they've they've gathered six different uh, venues out there. Oh, okay. So yep. they they're, they're actually in North America. Yeah. Yep. They have. Because um, I, I was going to say, I mean, the, the, <clears throat> I think the as far as the protesting and the whatnot goes, I think the uh, the the biggest test would be the American dates, but. You know, th there's. But it's yeah. interesting the fact that they they've been so much welcome, and that's what I wanted to kind of bring up. There's an old we saying had this out talk there. Before. The best way to promote something: <clears throat> create a controversy. <laughs> Absolutely. Right. Worst way to promote something: create a controversy. Yeah. <laughs> like it, it's gonna go either way. You, I mean, you, you can't all... you can't buy exposure like that. Sure. But it it shows the loyalty of your fans as well. You know what I mean? The fact that they're being sold out four months in advance. Like, Gosh, I didn't realize they were so big. <clears throat> I mean, I knew they were big, but I didn't realize they were like, like huge big. But hmm? hey, hell, hey. I thought it was kind of. So he puts a hit on his wife. <laughs> no effects makes a joke. Yeah, you can <laughs> figure that out. <laughs> yeah, figure that out. That's <laughs> another thing for you. No, sure. The you know the the rate of sense. Welcome to the NFL. The rate of sensitivity. You deflated oh, yeah. a ball. You are public enemy number yeah, one. Yeah. Eat oh, your wife or kill a dog, yeah. and you're okay. Now you want my personal opinion. I think everyone deserves a second chance, and that that's my sure. You know. I you think, know what I mean? That's. I mean, you always weigh what when you get what, to the what the actual attempt was, and I I know we we don't have to go back over because we 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 did we discuss did. this in the past, and like I I would jokingly say it's I mean okay so we put a. He got like he went to like Bob's Discount Furniture to find like a hitman. <laughs> it, it, like, it probably had like a twenty percent off coupon. Yeah. <laughs> I'd like to welcome you to Wil Wicker Furniture, sir. How <laughs> may I help you? I'm looking for a killer for my wife. <laughs> right. All you gotta do is here. I have a lovely ottoman over here, sir. No, a killer for my wife. All you gotta do is go to that creepy corner where they're giving away free cookies and milk. Yeah. This is fucking. Mm, cookies! You know whoever's back there is a fucking weirdo. Is this almond milk? So the, the point of it is. I, I hate almonds! For fuck's sake! So. I don't like nuts in my mouth! So a, so a, big, a big problem with like little implicate. Like, Implication like roll I was like around, unsuccessful. Roll them around. It's so loud when you do that. That's that whole cupping motion. Yeah, I know. Just roll them around. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> go on. It is interesting though, with like the uh, the level of sensitivity, like that every every. It also it also shows that Europe is a little more. Not as oh, sensitive as the I rest of America. Because well, Europe's like, hey, that's we actually, got you. We're good. It's like what? What? They don't want you. Whatever. Come even over here. yeah. Even no effects though. They're all their European tours. Oh, they are don't good. give two fucks. They're probably laughing about it all this. Yeah. It's like, what'd you do? <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Have a beer. Lower well, your heart rate. Well, see. Okay. Not to not, not not to get too political about it, but we are not used to events like these. And the rest of the world, this shit happens all the time. Okay. 
So we make a bigger deal out of out of things like this, like, like put we, everything public. It, well, because we well, their FDA and all that stuff might be different out there as well. Less stuff's kind of well, blocked off. Have, less stuff's we, well censored. They're all crammed in together. Yeah, when you do shit that's fucked Europe. up out there, you disappear. <laughs> yeah, they have a different uh, like, resolution in that end of the uh, when, world. When you can walk 20 minutes and be in a different country, sure. <clears throat> I mean, sure. They probably laugh at our judicial system. It's like, you block that guy up? What? Some guy did that in Ru- like less than that in Russia last week, and we haven't seen him since. <laughs> right, gone. And there's Amsterdam going. <laughs> Just come and look Like here. every Olympic team that competed for Russia like this past year, like nobody oh. has seen them since. <laughs> And all they did was lose the Olympics. Yeah, right. That's not even like illegal. <laughs> it is in Russia. <laughs> in Russia, Olympics kill you. Uh, even go the other way. Olympics win you. <sighs> uh, I got one more small one. This one's for you, Jay. Dave Mustaine puts the chances of a new Megadeth album appearing in 2019 at probably 95%. You get over his carpal tunnel. Surgery. Yeah, fix that airlift, though. <laughs> it works. Sa- it works for your Elvis, man. That's it's true. sagging lower now. He's got like the saggy boob effect, but it's happening on his right lip. <laughs> so, are you having a stroke? Dave, Dave no, Mustaine, Dave Mustaine. May, oh, may have the my like, bad. hair lip thing going on, but stop mocking me. I only pick on it because the, he the did. The dude a- from Metallica has definitely got the like. I'm taking a shit face. It's because he had his face burned off, like on stage. Well, you know, when you drink alcohol and you work with pyrotechnics, pretty sure it's on the label. I only poke fun at him because he did an interview on AF. I believe it was last summer, and he was saying that he doesn't actually practice anymore because his body just can't. I don't think any of them do. His body can't, like, kind of hold up. Like, he can't do the motions and whatnot. He literally gets, like, tired and sore. So he's like, anything well, I do, I they mean, beat we just the wait. shit out of themselves at <laughs> an early age. But yeah, so 2019, a whole new record. All the band members are at home writing stuff and putting it in the same spot, so, keeping all the riffs centralized in one place. Think they still use notebook paper? So if you're out there, I like and the you college rule. Dropbox or Google Plus or something like that, you can find Megadeth's new album. Just based on that word. That's like what, uh, remember when, um, well, I can go two ways with this. So, you 2 put out their most recent album a few years ago. Just sent it for free. Yeah. Because they just awesome. fucking showed up on my, iPod, my iPod. You I'm didn't like, even, like, go to download it. It's automatically in your playlist. It's, it's like, like, it's well, there. It's, it's like, like hey, do you I have, have this now. Why do I have U2? <clears throat> it's still my, it's still my beer. Hold on. But even funnier, when U2, like, in their record stores, Tool actually swapped all their albums with Tool albums and a lot of the record ones so people who thought they got U2 albums actually got a Tool album. That's pretty awesome. Good for Tool. That totally sounds like a Maynard James Keenan. <clears throat> but yeah, the Ha-ha, fact fuck that, you, U2. But yeah, the fact that they kind of was like force-fed you said album. You know what? It's not in the cloud either. That's it's actually on your device. It's <laughs> like it's yours. That's, that's you marketing. It. Well, because they set it as part of the update. It's like in Skyrim when you go in and put things in people's pockets just for your own like selfish needs. Because you know when <laughs> they get home. I'm gonna leave this live grenade here. <laughs> <laughs> I'll wait for the chunky salsa. Yeah, right. Tick tick tick. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I forgot that in Fallout. What's a live grenade? Oh, my muffins. Those are my muffins. Better watch out for them Aunt, Aunt Jemima's. Jemima witnesses. Want to buy some pancakes? Oh. No, thank you. <clears throat> Who wouldn't join that religion? <laughs> right? Who? Who? Do you have bacon? No. Okay, all right. Now, well, like, now yes. I'm seeing a hey, little, <clears throat> you know, what was that religion where they have to wear the uh, spaghetti strainer on your head? Isn't there one with, like, a spaghetti monster? Isn't that, yeah, like, an actual thing? Spaghetti is that what it is? Yeah. Like, yeah, is, like that, is that the one, monster, like, you have like to they... wear the corander on your head, or the cork, whatever that thing's called? Colander. Colander. <laughs> I just know that they, they worship a spaghetti monster. That's all I know. That's a real thing. Uh, that's a name. That's There's a name. There's a name. I got one. Do it. Well, that's why I'm surprised that Ween wasn't mentioned on your weird really? band. Like, they created a religion. You know the Jedi is actually like... What don't, is... don't, don't, don't. <laughs> Church of the Flying Spaghetti that's Monster. It. Yeah, legit thing. <laughs> Hold on, Wikipedia. <laughs> the Fly Spaghetti Monster is the deity of the Church of the Flying Spaghetti Monster, or Pastafarianism. Pastafarianism? is a social movement that promotes a lighthearted view of religion and opposes the teaching of intelligent design and creatism. And here I thought it was schools. just being an asshole. Mm-hmm. According to adherents, you know that in like middle school is a mm-hmm. real legitimate religion mm-hmm. as much as any other. Mm-hmm. It is legally recognized as a religion in the mm-hmm. Netherlands, in New Zealand. There we go, that's why. In New Zealand, Pastafarian representatives are authorized to officiate weddings. Pastafarian. Do you know why all, all the- a federal judge has ruled that the Church of the Flying Spaghetti Monster is not a real religion. That's bullshit! Well, listen. Gay rights, equal rights, Pastafarianism. What the fuck? You've, you've seen the big Lebowski, right? Yes. The dude? There's a religion called... Vague. There's a There's a religion called Dudism. And you can be ordained... Is that with the fonts? Hey. You, can, you can be ordained as a Dudism... Like... Justice of the peace. Look, if if it makes you happy, go with it. Uh, I got no problem. <laughs> do you know why? In, I'm gonna buy one of these books. I want to read this. Do you know why in Norway they have barcodes on all the sides of the ships <gasps> to Scandinavian? Dude, dude, this is right up my alley. Afterlife, afterlife. <laughs> oh, good. The Pasifarian conception of heaven includes a beer volcano. Yes, I and want a, it. I'm in. And a stripper. Beer volcano. Oh, no, no, let me Is the stripper on the beer volcano? Let me start off with the Pasifarian conception of heaven includes a beer volcano and a stripper, or sometimes a prostitute, factory. The so they just, they just make strippers. The Pasifarian hell is similar, except that the beer is stale and the strippers have sexually transmitted the disease. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, totally. I might be a believer. <laughs> I just might be. Oh, Christ. I'm linking all of this, guys. Here we go. Here we go. Let's go right on the show links. Mm-hmm. Might be. The more you know. More segments coming soon. <laughs> We're going to do another podcast for this whole. Go, Joe! <laughs> the worst religions of the world. Oh, that was great. Religions created by music. Kiss. Uh, We're the Kiss Army. No, no, you're not. No. But they saved Santa Claus. No, no. <laughs> you thought about it. 
You no, thought no, about no, it. No, no, no. If anybody saved Santa Claus, it'd be Rush. Oh, this is this is pretty good too. The create creation. <clears throat> The central creation myth is that an invisible and undetectable flying spaghetti monster created the universe after drinking heavily. According to these beliefs, the monster's intoxication was a cause for a flawed Earth. Furthermore, according to Pastafarianism, all evidence for evolution was planted by the flying spaghetti monster in an effort to test the faith of Pastafarians, parodying certain biblical literalists. When scientific measurements such as radiocarbon dating are taken, the flying spaghetti monster is there changing the results with his noodly appendage. <laughs> the fact that somebody wrote noodly in some sort noodly, of religious. Noodly. Yeah. This is great. Noodly. He haven't seen Marcus in three days, but he runs around the, the outside of his house with a strainer on his Screaming head. noodly. <laughs> ah, that's pretty good. This is where the prostitute factory will go. How do we get here? So they just make them? Out of what? Bing. What? what we have. It's like an easy bake oven. With a sad light bulb on top. Alrighty. Enough of this fooling around nonsense. We got a main event to do. We do. Pastafarians demand it. You know, I would argue with you, but yeah. They probably do. Yeah, they probably do. I'll just let him have it at this point. Well, me being a newly indicted. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> I just signed up. Oh, God. I'm, I'm newly ordained. <laughs> Why do I smell tomato sauce? I have a nice I have a nice colander upstairs, too. Brother Meatball, could you please lead the sermon? Could have been handed down by generations of... Generations of, of Papaginos. Heavy Metal Over Six Pack presents Rap Metal Crossovers. All right, who's uh, who's in Jay, bro? Would you be so kind? Who's introducing this shit show? We'll give it to Jay because he uh, he brought it up. Ooh, Jay with an intro. They're soft crackers. It's not my fault. Jay, moving on to the main event, sir. Oh, the main event. Since you've uh, you've gone above and beyond for us. So our main event this evening, afternoon, and morning, whenever. Whenever you you're live. Bleep, bleep, you're actually and listening you're to this consuming podcast. Um. So our main event is when hip hop meets metal. Yes. I don't want to go so far as to call it the greatest. It's just, we're doing a feature on sure. when hip hop meets metal. Yeah, rap slash. Picking some faves, if I'm not mistaken. We kind of we kind of jumbled this a little bit, and uh, I myself avoided covers because there's so many metal bands that cover hip hop songs, These and that's days. like, well, it's kind of new like, metal. You know what I mean? It's so I, I avoided those. I actually went for the actual collaborations. As did I. So I think, I, we're, I I think away, we're all I kind moved, of on the same. I moved away from the covers, even though I have some uh, right. some of my epics. Mm-hmm. But nope, I actually did some uh, legit collaborabras, collabadabras. Jay, would you like to start us off, sir? Uh, we, me and Marcus picked three. Uh, Jay decided to write a small biography. 
Okay. Well, so, so we'll roundtable it, and then we'll yeah, uh, we'll give I, you the we'll will, give you the floor for a while. The floor. Well, uh, I'll start off with what I consider one of the greatest combinations, the greatest meetups of all metal slash hip hop of all time. <clears throat> uh, the the greatest meetup mashup: Public Enemy and Anthrax. Bring the noise. I'm pretty sure it's this water buffalo in there. At least it sounds like it. I'd like to get to that point. It's like the third lyric. Hold on. <laughs> I'll tell you what he says. Face. How long can you go? Wait. Death row. Water brother knows. See, that sounds like water buffalo if you're not paying no, attention. No, what a brother knows. Oh, no. Water, water buffalo. That's <laughs> what one sings to themselves. <laughs> it's like the Alice in Chains song, Zambone. Clearly says cutting up a bagel bite. Convinced. I don't blame him, honestly. All right, man, chat it up. Chat Continue. So, yes, Public Enemy and Anthrax bring the noise. I think one of the greatest... Bless you. Oh, that you going to sneeze. Combinations of a rap band and a metal band of all time. Now, Anthrax has a song on my list just by themselves. Okay. We are listening to Bring the Noise. Now, I must Public mind Enemy you that... So I recommend go listen to it now. There's actually a bunch of versions of the song that I've, I've not, you know, not just Anthrax. There's a few other collaborations well, yeah, involved. It's it's prolific. Sure. I actually remember like when um back, back in the day when I used to drive my uh, my little Honda Civic with my system and whatnot because I don't care what anybody says like the the best music for for systems is metal rapper type people but like this was actually like on my playlist because like this thing is like killer it hits both <laughs> you have some super bass on this yes i mean was it ian scott i think that's the lead lead singer's name like uh ian scott's guitarist yes with yes the beard He's with the beard i can't remember guitarist he was also a zombie in the walking dead too is that ian scott yes was it i can't remember never remember that. not ian mcgregor Ewan, 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 Ewan McGregor. Um, I really don't know what else to give this song in terms of acc- accolades. Like this, this was, this was big when it was. It's a great song. Um, you have Public Enemy and Anthrax, two of the most underrated bands in their genres. Um, who, who combined a hardcore rap before hardcore rap was a thing um, and metal mm-hmm. <clears throat> all based off of and technically this is a cover sure um, so technically isn't this anthrax so no original, or is enemy. it actually public, public enemy? enemy 1987 it was originally included in the soundtrack of the film less than zero and was also released as a single that year. It later became the first song on the group's 1988 album, It Takes a Nation of Millions to Hold Us Back. True story. Also reached number 56 on the Billboard Hot R&B and Hip Hop, hip hop Songs chart. Uh, and it should have Now, hit. is there an original to this? I, I don't know Yes, myself. there's a Public Enemy version. Just Public Enemy. Now, would you say that this version's more popular? Depends on your circle. Okay. I'm um, curious. I mean the rock version. I would say that this, <laughs> right, like, so, I mean. this version is the superior version. Sure. I, I would definitely say that the the, the combination of Public Enemy and Anthrax mm-hmm. 
is so prolific um, that it, it helped make the 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 hip hop slash rap slash rap and heavy metal rap. combination a whole lot more palatable. Because mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> as Marcus mentioned, Walk This Way, Aerosmith, Run DMC. Um, that was more of a gimmick. I don't find Aerosmith in metal. Right? I, I get like the collaboration. I just, I just don't. Yeah, no, no, no. You know I, what I mean? That. But that was more of a gimmick. Um, I mean, Run DMC has played more heavy metal songs than Aerosmith has. Sure. Sure. But uh, Armageddon. Now would it be weird if roll this empty can at your forehead? Now, do you find it strange that if they made an Armageddon two, would that make any sense? Well, the world didn't end the first time, so the fucking universe is gonna try again, bitches. <laughs> We're coming with a fucking shower this time. <laughs> we up there playing real life a- asteroids. This time, Jupiter is coming up I Uranus. I prefer Galaga. Oh, that's a great game. Except we'd have to let ourselves get captured by the first uh, monster yeah. and then we'd shoot it down so we could have a double. Yep. Boop, boop. Boop. I'll let you get boop, captured boop. and then I'll, I'll shoot you down, bud. There we go. Teamwork. <laughs> Teamwork makes the dream work, baby. And then when that guy moves quickly and you, like, you mess up and you shoot your plane. And I use the bomb button. All right, sweet, man. Sweet. Marcus, moving sweet. on. Sweet. Sweet. Moving on. I'm going Fear Factory. Ooh. Yeah. Gotta let percolate a little bit. So, album in question is actually an album called uh, Digimortal. Digimortal came out in the... Uh, That's one of their albums, correct? Oh, got you. This, this is right off of Fear Factory. This is um, this is an original tune. It's not a cover. This is just a collab. This is featuring Be Real from Cypress Hill. As opposed to... Not real. Fake? Not real. In uh, Jones... I enjoyed so Bob far. Hill. Yeah, it's sweet because like it, it's got the... No, that's actually the dude, drummer. I won't fight this one. No. Digimortal came out in like 2000. I believe. Now, this is a this is like a wives' tale. Like I'm like I'm not really like basing this on everything, but I actually heard that there was actually a disagreement with like the uh, record company. Like Fear Factory wanted to take like a break, and they're like, no, you no. need to. It's like we have you no. on contract for like X amount of albums. So like Digimortal came out, and um, I can't remember what the next one was came out, but I think they kind of forced them out. But this was actually on it, and this this is actually a p- pretty killer track. This is like probably track two right after Anthrax on mm-hmm. my 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 bass track because one, it's still Fear Factory. Yeah, you can tell. But it's got like that cool beginning where like it's like it just like kind of bases out and it's mm-hmm. kind of like, like it percolates, yep. like it literally like percolates like a little bit. It's just like oh yeah, oh yeah. It's like this is coming. I don't know much of Fear Factory. How far in their uh, albums is this? Just curious. Is it more recent? Um, is it one of their older Digi ones? Mortal was. Let's see, they had D Manufacturer, Remanufacturer, Obsolete. See, the fourth or fifth. Okay. But, yeah, I mean, you know, yeah, I don't know. I like it. I mean, Fear Factory has always been a system band, anyways. 
Yeah, they had the I little mean, bit of industrialness to them. Did I say what the song is called yet? The song's called Back the Fuck Up. That sounds very... I don't think I announced that. I think I just said I was going with Fear Factory. Fear Factory, Back the Fuck Up, yeah. off the album Digimortal. Awesome little collab. I like it. A lot of Fear Factory. A little mm-hmm. bit of Cypress. There's nothing wrong with Cypress. Huh? That's number one. Boom. Bam. I have, uh, off of the Loud Rocks album by various artists, this is System of a Down and Wu-Tang Clan. All right. yep, yep. The song is Shame. I mean, System's always been strange in their, their own yeah, right. Yeah, I mean, they... And, I, you know, the thing about System is the, no matter how weird they are, they fit anywhere. Well, he has a weird thing with his voice. Sure. Um, it, but the thing is, like, if you didn't know, you would think, oh, it's just a System song because of how strange they are. You know what I mean? It's uh, very vulgar, by the way. Really? A System song is vulgar? But it sounds like a System song, no matter I mean, how you, yeah. you take it or not. His delivery, Serge Tankian's delivery in System of a Down is, he has a very hip-hop flow. Sure. Well, he's got the quick vocals, which I think help a little bit. But uh, the song's actually, I mean, I've, I enjoy the song. It's its one of those ones that you wouldn't even know it was a cover if you didn't, you know what I mean? Or should I say a collaboration? But its it's got that System of a Down headbang. That you, uh, As is you evidenced by what? Marcus right now. So, yes. Thank you for the visual. Sorry, man. Uh, myself, Wu-Tang Clan was never something I actually listened to. That was never in my, my wheelhouse. Mean, I get that weird cult following. Sure. I never get it. Never got it. Um, never, yeah, yeah, it. yeah, overall, yeah, it's actually... I don't get it. I don't get it. I, I, I don't either. So. I don't understand. <laughs> cool logo. Cool logo. Yeah. It's a W. Yeah, it's cool. Like one of four things to make it hands. <laughs> uh, but over again, overall, a, a decent song. It's catchy. It's, oh, yeah. uh, if you're a System fan, honestly, I think both ends you'll enjoy. If you're Wu Tang, if you're a System, I think you. you... Uh, I think Wu Tang and System attract similar types. Sure. Of... Very anti. Anything. Everyone. <laughs> yeah. Anti the world. Yeah. That's uh, that's my little uh, first one for you. I feel like you need to. Mix it up, not go with my next pick, and just because we have no particular order. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, no, this is like this is all mixing right. it up. Okay, so I'm just gonna mix it up. DJ Schmoli. Okay. S C H M O L I. I'm spelling it because Marcus is searching. DJ Schmoli, rock the was it rock the ages, rock of ages. Isn't that a Flip its own? This is a... You know that uh, Def Leppard's the best band to listen to while you're driving? Because you can drum and hold the steering wheel at the same time. <laughs> no, it's just put them. I will back myself up. I saw them live and their okay, drummer, look, dude, their drummer the is phenomenal. The armed drummer phenomenal. from Def Leppard also convicted of domestic use. He only gets charged half, though. Not to you. <laughs> What flippy cups? <laughs> That's what we're talking about? Yeah. All right, it's linked. You may now talk about it. Okay, okay. so it's a little bit of everything, everything kind of thrown together. Yeah. Okay. We've hit hip-hop. We've hit sure. metal. 
A little bit of We're 80s, 80s, 70s, 80s in everything there. Up into a mashup of massive proportions. Okay. I can dig this. A little like, bit of Kid Rock in there. Oh, this is definitely a soundtrack song. Yeah, this is if you made like a like a uh, advertisement for in, for yes. for the eighties. Halo, one. <laughs> all right, a little collaboration of all different. Yeah. Okay, I can I can get on with this. So you can hear a little bit of the red hot mm-hmm, in the background mm-hmm. there. You know, side note. I didn't realize that the Red Hot Chili Peppers have been around forever. For a while. Yeah. They just don't, I, I don't know if it's their, their genre, their sound, they just, they don't sound like they've been around forever. They, use they sound abuse, like a 90s they band. They use and abuse funk right. for their own. Sure. They use someone like a sock in the wiener or something. Like thing. He is a wiener. Anthony, I forget. I like how their drummer looks like Will Ferrell. More importantly, I like how the drummer and Will Ferrell actually drummed it out. And if you haven't seen that, it's phenomenal. Mark, you have this look like you're trying to gestate this 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 song. No, no, just multitasking over here, but got this in the background while I'm working, 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 working. There, there, I mean, there's a lot here to this song. There's a lot going on. So, what can you tell about it? Tell us about it, like origin, where it came from, why it, why it exists. Honestly, I'm not sure. Somebody told me about it. Okay. And in so went, all right, I'll show you. So we're just uh, recommending for your. Uh, um, but lo- I feel like it's it's such a great mashup of hip hop. It's well organized. Slash rock. It's well organized. I'll give. Oh it yeah, that much. it's it's very well produced. So DJ Schmoly knows what he's doing in terms of like. How many royalties do you think he has to pay oh, <laughs> every well, time right? this gets been Right, which is probably why you can't afford, why you can't find it. On Take any, it off of iTunes now! It's killing me. <laughs> any site that like charges you money, like you probably can't find it on, because he probably has to pay so much money. I mean, we've hit what three, four, maybe five high-profile rock and roll songs in this. It might be more than that at this point. <laughs> There's the doors. The windows. Ba-dum-bum. Should be a rule with royalties. You shouldn't have to pay them after they die. <laughs> Once you're dead, your catalog yeah, is open. But like what, if, they... what if not everybody in the band is dead? There's some kind of like trickling where it goes to like family and trickling. children. And, I don't know, this is an appropriate word to use there, but whatever. That explains why that, that playlist I found of this was literally all of these songs. Yeah. A bit of acceptance there. Explains so much of everything. All right. Went a little dip. Uh, I wouldn't say a slightly different direction. I'm curious. So, the song that I am featuring, as my point out, this came out in 2001. This is actually a rap group called Nappy Roots. Nappy Roots, okay. I was going to say, I've heard of them. Uh, Kentucky rap group Nappy Roots. This is off the album Watermelon, Chicken, and Grits. Not to be uh, stereotypical or anything. They're they're the ones that they call the, the album that album. Watermelon, chicken, and grits. So this is actually the, uh, the I mean the, the the song the song is Ana. Ana. A W N A W. But if you go to the Rocks remix version, this is featuring the uh, the boys in uh, P O D. Okay. 
So they're the ones that are actually providing the um, instrumentals. The, they're doing the instrumental in it. I think there's a little bit of the backup vocals. It's mainly um, his name is uh, Marcos Curiel. They've always done that kind of rappy kind of. Well, yeah. I mean, POD is, I mean, essentially like like low level rap core, mm-hmm. new pretty metal. much. But new, new what what I like about POD is like they're. It's not like heavily rap core, but their music is like not. It's got that heavy mm-hmm. rhythmic like like goodness to it, and like they actually were able to bring that to like an actual rap song. Like with they're, the, the they're on the same guys. level as like Hoobastank with me. You lost me, bud. Pod and Hoobastank, they they kind of have the same dude. sound to me, dude. Yeah. They're not similar. I find them similar. Similar. Dude. To each his own, my friend. Not sure which one of them your brain switched off on, but... Probably similar. similar. I don't think hip, uh, Hoobastank isn't rappy at all. Are you thinking of the right band? Pretty sure. Hmm. Doesn't make me right. But that's what I'm thinking. <laughs> Touche, my friend. Song? People oh. think cilantro tastes like soap. I think they're weird. I, it's one of those things. If your soap tastes like cilantro, go get yourself some sour cream. And... <laughs> right? Start, start bathing with tacos and, you know. So, metal rap mashup, man. I mean, yeah, I don't know. So, I got one of each. I got, like, a metal group that had a rap singer, and I have a rap group, rap group that metal. had metal band. Band. I like All right. it. All right. Plus, I've actually, I actually, because back in the day, like, we didn't have iTunes and whatnot. I sure. bought this album because of this song. Really? I think it was on. So, this is a Nappy Roots. Yes. Correct. Okay. So, I have the Nappy Roots album. Okay. Which, as far as rap albums go, it's actually not that bad. A couple, couple of decent songs. You know, O2, O2 Civic with my, with my bass set up. Like, yeah, I, could, I, could own a, I, can, I could own a couple. Uh, those are, that's like the second one. I, I blew the first. Oh, the I first see, couple I saw of the speakers. Oh, the, first couple of, the first couple of speakers didn't make it. Um, <laughs> I didn't uh, see that. This was actually I want to say it was on a Madden soundtrack, which is how I originally found it, mm-hmm. and then I went and found it. Bring the noise was on a uh, the SmackDown versus Raw game, and that's for. It's also on some skateboarding games. That's a it's a classic. Mm-hmm. See, skateboarding and snowboarding, one of the two, maybe 1080 snowboarding. That sounds oh, like it's on. Way back, PS1. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the matches, bro. Came out in like 87. <laughs> Damn. Alright, that's my story. Stick with it. Noise. Got one more for you. Maybe later. I will go with, since we're, we're hitting the kind of. Now, you can. It may not be hip hop, I guess, but it's close enough that I'm going to roll with it just because I enjoyed Um <laughs> Rob Zombie. Does it cover a brick house? With uh, Lionel Richie. It's more of a funk crossover. I guess would be the term. But uh, I'm going to go with it. I think he does whatever he wants. All right. right? Yeah, I mean, he is the drummer. So like, you know. So I actually learned... Now, this is a funny story. I actually learned this actually the other day, which is, which works. So at the beginning of this album, and, and slightly through... Well, I'm sorry, not the album, the song. There is a woman in the background. Jenna Jameson, I believe. Well, here's the funny thing. So... I, so, WAF used to do this thing where they used to have women call in and do said cooing action. Cooing action? And if they were good enough, they would win whatever the prize was for said day. Uh, the, one of the girls that I work with, her husband actually recorded, 
Yeah. <laughs> WAF had a be a pigeon. <laughs> yeah, pigeon fetish. Um, so her husband actually took one of the said person of the um, the WAF thing and actually put it in one of his songs. So if I and it's the same one that's in this one. It's the exact same one. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Um, Rob Zombie is another one of those can put his hands in everyone's pudding. They must be pasta fire and they just they, like they must be. created one right out of the factory. But I think what makes this song, <laughs> to me, what makes this song interesting is the fact that Lionel Richie of the Commodores, which is the original artist of this band, yes. does it with him. Yes, it's a it's a it's a decent cover of it. It doesn't surprise me with as prolific as Rob Zombie is. Sure. And like I said, Rob Zombie will put his fingers in everyone's pudding. That's what he does. You no, doing that? I got you. So much I that poor girl at the beginning of the that. song. <laughs> <laughs> she seems in distress. It's in vanilla pudding. <laughs> I prefer the cookies and cream. Tapioca! Um, it's got, there's a few areas where it's got the little bit of, um, right there. You hear the little bit of, uh, guitar action, a little bit of Rob Zombie going on in there. And I mean, his, I mean, Rob Zombie's voice is very undeniable. There's some, some chick singing here. I don't know who that is. Um, <laughs> it's funny because I'm watching the YouTube video right now, like, uh, while this is playing and it says, there's a comment, it's like, it's great until she starts rapping. <laughs> But uh, overall, it's a it's a decent song. I, I feel it's a it's a good mix. Or it's Missy Elliott. It sounds like Missy Elliott. Little, little Kim or Missy Elliott. Or it's Little Elliott. Little Elliott. But yeah, that's my uh, my number two for you guys. Let me rifle off my last one real quick, and then you can just unload on everybody. Okay. Your call. I go or you go, bro. A little hot bothered right now, but. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Rock solid. Throw a, the, throw a slight curveball in here. Another one? Yeah, she said. A little Hollywood undead everywhere I go. Okay. Hmm. That's a collab. Nope. I don't know. Straight it's just up. it's just Hollywood. Hollywood undead. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't even know how to classify Hollywood undead. Um, if you gave ICP a guitar. I wouldn't go that extreme. I don't feel I don't feel like they're as uh, politically that's fair driven as the uh, the ICP or not even necessarily as inappropriate. Everywhere I go, bitches always know the Charlie Sheeny's got a weenie that he likes to show. Touche. I, I mean, if you're alive right now and. You don't know that Charlie Sheen likes to show his weenie. I've seen Two and a Half Men. Come on, they're looking for that half a guy, though. That would be his weenie. Mine blown. I actually like Hollywood Undead when they came out with their first uh, their first release. Their second release kind of they lost me a little bit. I think they. I don't know if this. One of their their big songs I enjoy. This is off their first. Is it? Yes. Everywhere I I go is off their their first release. Like not my. I like the song. The song makes me laugh everywhere I go. Um, I mean, Black, as far Black as... Da- it, Black Dahlia is good. Undead. I enjoy Undead. Um, we Are Young. 
We Are Young is also very good. Also a good song. In all honesty, this, I actually thought was just like everywhere I go, I think is worth. It's the one where they really just kind of focus on the hip the hip hop end of it. Like they didn't really get like too far in with. Well, like, I uh, feel like this this song is such a satire. It's 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 meant to be tongue in cheek. It's meant to be funny. Well, they're trying to. I think this is like their ver- like their 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 punk. Well, like they, if, this is like this is our punk on like the Hollywood. If you the Hollywood. think of early hip hop, early hip hop was funny. Because if you actually listen to, it was, it was a satire. It I'm trying was, to think. I'm trying to make sure I'm listening. I'm thinking of the right. Yes, I am. The because um, Hollywood Undead, they have a lot of um, a lot of their songs actually like talk about like their journey of like getting big and like like playing in front of like empty venues, only family and friends, yes. blah blah, et cetera, et cetera. So I think this is like them like trying to like maybe attach themselves to like. Okay. The, the the rest of the and I mean I'm just interpreting from what what yeah. I hear because Which is they're music. they're not unhumble by any means like no. they're they're not cocky little pieces of shit as the song no suggests. I feel like <laughs> well no and that's the thing I get about them is I feel like a lot of it's tongue in cheek like I feel like they're they say a lot of things because it's sarcastic and it's funny to them oh yeah not yeah. because they're serious but they're entertaining they're entertaining them. I said they just they just lost me in their second release. I'm, I'm like very a, curious who they are because apparently Hollywood Undead is a super band. Um, I wasn't aware of that. Thank you, but and that's well, why they uh, wear the Didn't the lead masks. singer kind of go on do his solo stuff? Uh, Deuce. Deuce. And he's um okay. he, a lot of his stuff is primarily primarily Charlie rap with like a random punk song like thrown in there. Yeah, you, I remember you. You think you showed me that? Where I go. Bitches always know Charlie Sheeny's got a weenie that he like to show. That's all I got. But yeah, like even this one, like their song Undead, like versus that one, like this is actually like very humble. It actually talks about like mm-hmm. a lot of like they like pl- playing like hundreds of empty shows, only family and friends is like one of well, the Well, that's ones. why I find them weird and. Like contradictory. Like you can't tell when they're not being douchey, yeah, but they like aren't, are, but they are, are they like douches. Well, that's what are I say. My my memory of their their tunes. That's like the only one that they're really just being humble, sat like satire. And you know what? They probably put a lot of effort into writing. That. Right. <laughs> it's like this is gonna sound good. It's gonna be oh, yeah. funny, and if people pick up on it, they're gonna like just. Oddly enough, there's a science to hip hop. In, in, like in, any music, in, though, a lot of people you won't you, you don't realize that there's a structure, there's a specific structure to hip hop. It's not just lyrics. Like you're, you have to have a structure to your music. Oh, this, it's definitely an art form. I mean, I can't do it. I can. No. Nope. 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 Lose my attention span after like three seconds. <laughs> it's like what? Yeah. Cupcakes, yeah. cupcakes. Yeah. yeah, how many answers was that? Yeah. I can yeah. be Metallica. <laughs> I can be Metallica. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> a little bit of Ric Flair. Woo. All right, I'll do my last one real quick. I apologize. You were Woo! trying to. <laughs> They're out there, you know. So I actually didn't know that uh, Chino Moreno was uh, was involved in this particular tune. Uh, you got this one? And I wasn't aware that Which Everlast and Chino Moreno. Which one mm-hmm. is this one? This is Rock Superstar. This is Rock, not Rap. Because there are two separate songs. Yes, there is. But we're doing the Rock Rap collaborations today. So this is the Rock 
Definitely. superstar. The Rock by superstar. By the Cypress Hill. Arguably bigger than the original release of Rap Superstar. The Rap Superstar is not, actually not because I, I own this album too. Um, <laughs> Cypress. Which is very. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. Wasn't this album like half rock, half rap? I don't want to say yes. Um, what I want to like say, the skull and bones, like there was a skull side and there was a bone side. What I want to say is that Cypress Hill, after their first album, realized that their audience crossed a demographic that most hip hop didn't cross. <clears throat> well, this song got a lot of play too. Oh, like mm-hmm. it, like huge. So play. this was this was released. Oh gosh, was it this late? 2001? Yeah. 2000, 2001. I can't believe it was that late. I would have said like mid-90s. But but I mean, like AAF picked this up like heavy. And, you know, Cypress Hill, I think, always had like, they were kind of like Wu-Tang. Like, and they, that's like, why like, I like say they have, they have that crazy like cult following. Their first album cross genres. I think the metal guys in a, in actually. In a way that most hip-hop right. albums don't. So like the metal audience actually appreciated Cypress Hill. Wasn't Cypress Hill like on a bunch of like okay. warp tours and like whatnot too? Like uh, I think you, so, yeah. Do you want me to boil it down for you? If you want to. Yeah, turn that heat on, sir. What'd you do that microphone cover? Cypress Hill. Uh, it looks like somebody took a bite out of it. He got hungry. It, it so tore my... and then it like Jeez, I kept man. trying to fix it. This is why we can't have nice things. Jeez, right. Seriously, those are like brand new since like the Look, man, if you were hungry, I brought my chicken and a biscuit. <laughs> Shut your chicken. We had chicken and a biscuit. And my, my easy bacon cheese, bacon, cheese. and cheddar. Okay, Anthony brought ghetto biscuits. And no, they're chicken and a biscuit. Dude, that's chicken and a biscuit. The ghetto that's can't even afford <laughs> it is. It's like four and a half dollars. Four and a half dollars. I spent $4.2 on this. <laughs> my math ain't very good, okay? I go by the metric system. I don't even know what I'm, where I'm going right now. Cypress Hill. All right, peak position in the United States, number 18 on the charts. Cypress Hill. This song is actually cool, but the problem is they overplayed the fuck out of it when it first came out, so like well, it, yeah, actually, it actually got annoying. <laughs> well, Cypress Hill is big because of weed. I think everybody's big because of weed. Uh, get all paranoid, Hill, everything the, just gets like huge. That was how Cypress Hill crossed genres. But that's my third that's one, exactly man. Exactly what happened. I brought the, I wanted to bring to the table some rock superstar by Cypress Hill because I mean as far as like collabs grow. Like I said, I didn't know I didn't know like Chino Moreno was actually part of this, but that's just me not paying attention. But it's a catchy tune. Oh, it's it's definitely weird. If you're learning how to play guitar, like you can probably learn this in like two two seconds. I think it's two chords. <laughs> If one open, vi- one not open. If you have a violin, <laughs> open you close, can learn open this close, in two seconds, close. too. Open, 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 open. Three, 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 all right, I'm out. He's out. I'm out. I got uh, I got one more. This one uh, I uh, I reached a little bit for. I'm gonna call it a collaboration because as much as I mean, I suppose Limbiscuit's not really rap in any way, shape, or form, but they do have a rap set. But this is a collaboration of the the hip hop 
style with the metal. I have. You taken... haven't even said the name, and like Marcus is already searching for the song. Is. I have. I have taken all in the family. Um, that's actually a uh, follow the leader from Correct is the album from Corn. It is so a it's technically credit to Corn. Said... Yes. Um, so it's essentially a it's a it's a it's a rap battle essentially between Jonathan Davis and Fred Durst. That's a good, this is a good pick, man. Mm-hmm. The not what I thought he was picking. The uh, the no, it's not rolling, man. This is no god no. The, the, the is... awesome part about this is so everyone attacks each other. So um, uh, Fred Durst goes first, and it has that kind of hip hoppy bass sound behind him, which is what he would normally use. And then Jonathan Davis will go and spit his line. Which it has that heavy corn bassiness to it. I know so they, how they you fight use back the, and the forth. Verb spit. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, that's what it, that's the, the lingo. For Not bad for a Polish white guy, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Be proud of me. I'm making the Polish sausage. Uh, I've loved this song since I first heard it. I think it's great. These two boys are so white. But the thing is, is that like halfway through the song, you know they're just. Doing it for gonna, fun. I was gonna say halfway. You because, know they're white. I well, was that like, too. after about like two seconds, I know they're white. Because you can hear Jonathan Davis kind of like come back with little like funny sounds and stuff, and and at the yeah, yeah, pretty much. Corn, I'm cornholio. <laughs> I am the great cornholio. I need TP for my bunghole. I mean, let's face it, Jonathan Davis is cornholio. He must be. Twenty fifth or twentieth anniversary of Follow the Leader. I think I saw that, yeah. Yeah. I believe is this summer. It's supposed to be a follow this is a the leader great tour. Album too. It's supposed to be a follow the leader tour coming around too. Is there? Might have to get in on that. I saw a corn first when they came out with uh If my Oil mortgage Dale. company doesn't charge me two mortgage payments this month. Corn <laughs> mm-hmm. or live somewhere. Hmm. Yeah, fuck it, I'll go to corn. Uh, who's who we you got room in it. We got room in Anthony's stuff for all this shit. That's fine. <laughs> Who's your opening band? I want to know thing, before uh, I miss my mortgage payment. Kind of a, <laughs> of a side note for this album. The first... it's So, I don't know if it's just mine, but uh, the the first, like, seven or eight tracks, I think it's maybe, like, nine, it's just silence. And it actually says, like, estimated time of silence. Yes, it doesn't and actually it, start until right. like track like eleven or twelve. Sure. Yes, and it's really it's, weird. I was like, "What is this? Is this broken? Does it not work?" And then you get to like eleven and twelve, and you're like, "Oh, okay, this is the rest of the CD." Yeah, it, it's odd because like back it's in weird. the day, of the CDs like you would have to like put the CD in, and you'd have to like skip to like track twelve to get yeah, to the yeah, actual. It's really first. strange. And isn't there like a little something at the beginning? Like I think so. It's just like a like a little. It's, it's not long. It's like just like something sure. happens, and then. But uh, yeah, I think this song's this song's just fun, in general. And as it as it grows on, they get more angry, and it just it gets silly. It gets really silly. So that's my number three for you, gentlemen. So we are uh, we're in overtime. So we're in Jay overtime. the opinion. And, and, and this is where I'm just gonna throw names at you. Yeah, just fucking rip them up. And, of course. And then I'm gonna like really quickly try to find all these links. <laughs> Stuff that way I don't have to listen to oh this later. That, that, that you should, you know, take a listen to. Um, of course, Anthrax. I'm the man. Is is one of the the, the top contenders. D- didn't wasn't on my top three because I did Public Enemy <laughs> and Anthrax. 
bring the noise. But Anthrax, I'm the man. One of the best hip hop meets metal songs of all time. I want to say that this this Anthrax, I'm the man was before Bring the Noise, but I'm not 100% sure. Please stand by. And the survey says... What uh, is Minnesota? <laughs> Minneapolis! I'm the man of the second EP by the band Anthrax, released in 1987 by Megaforce Worldwide album. So I'm going to say they're right in the same ballpark. If my uh, my short-term memory uh, serves me correctly, we said uh, 87, 88 for Bring the Noise. Bring the noise so... But it sounds like this one was before, because this sounds like it, we're still in EP days. It does sound a little less produced, but that's Anthrax for you. Interesting how their uh, their genres are uh, are noted as thrash metal, rap metal, and comedy rock. I could totally see we'll comedy just hit rock as Anthrax. That way, if you're not sure, you just want to say, "Yeah, like it all covered, fine." Anthrax will make you laugh. I mean, they they'll, they'll make you laugh. So, Anthrax, I'm They were definitely man. different back in the day than what they modernized into because sure. they, they, modernized they, they figured like out they could, act, far more progressive. They, could act, they could actually make some money. Yeah, <laughs> they, they, like, they were far more progressive back in the day. No, like any band. So, okay, so Anthrax, I'm the man. Uh, next song I'm going to throw at you is Epic, Faith No More. And in these first couple songs, these are songs that you should know. If you're any fan of rap metal, uh, new metal, um, rap core, whatever you want to call it, these are songs you should know. And if you don't know them, woe unto you. Who covers this song? Who doesn't cover the song? Modest Mouse. Sire hasn't yet. Yet. Probably won't. Just yet. Think. Yet. So hip, it's so right, it's so groovy, it's out of sight. Um, unedited or edit this, I should say. No, when I you're done, I want to mention this episode. I just want to throw a few like honorable mentions. Not even like. So do you think? You know. No, hit me while while I'm giving names. Um, you cover the same ones that I did. So I mean, some of the the they're not even collaborations, but that have that rock and, and rap nonsense going on. I want to throw out to I mean the Beastie Boys alone. I mean, I mean you can't. I mean, don't get me wrong, half of them are sample, but if you go back to like Sabotage, anything like you that. You go back before that to No Sleep Till Till Brooklyn, or well, uh, uh, Sabotage is before that. No Sleep was no No Sleep Till Brooklyn was off of License no, to Ill. Uh, License to Ill. Which was before... Their first album. Correct. Is it? Yep. No Sleep Till Brooklyn was off their first album. And Fight For Your Right to Party, first album. You are correct. I apologize. Because this is actually the first album I ever had. Oh, yeah. Like... Nope. Which is a great album. Uh, License to Ill? Probably their best album. License to Ill is is fantastic. I think a little bit of... uh, Sixth grade. Some uh, Led Zeppelin uh, thrown in there. That's sixth grade for me, right there. Mm-hmm. License to Hill. Great album. Sixth grade. Um, the other one, if we want to go a little more more new school, um, 
There's a band that, that I've recently found called Discrepancies, oh, yeah. and um, I've showed you them. Um, they uh, <laughs> they they have the the heavy um, rock instrumental behind yeah. it, but they have the lead singer with with the quick right. quick vocals whatnot. You will find that if you go like down that album, like it's like a half and half. Like they like they um, they do the the collab with the dude from uh, Story of the Year. Yes, Awaken, I believe Awakening. And um, there's a, there's a few other songs, and then it actually kind of mellows out. Like, it, yeah, there's really a few good, kind like, of yeah, yeah. towards the end, but it's uh, it's definitely solid. It's my, it's I um the one. only the only one I was actually gonna pick for one of my my uh, my three, if you want to call it a collab. So I know Jay loves these guys. This sarcasm. Uh, Lincoln Park actually had a reanimation album <laughs> with. Uh, I actually. Enjoyed choking on a cock. I actually highly enjoy. I, I think I enjoy the reanimation album more than uh, Hybrid Theory, and Hybrid Theory is one of my, my, my tops off them. Uh, but the reanimation album, they, they took all of the Hybrid Theory, and um, it's all remastered and remixed from different sounds and whatnot. And a lot of them have all these different um, people and, and bands and whatnot. Um, I wanted to go with one step closer. Actually has um, it, it's been listed as a very high up there. Uh, one step closer has uh, Jonathan Davis does vocals in the background for it, but a, a lot of them they have a lot of different people thrown in there from the uh, Alchemist. Um, I know uh, Cutmaster Kurt is the guy who does most of the um, their work for a lot of it. Uh, one step closer. I apologize. One step closer as Jonathan Davis. Let me take that back. Uh, the by myself actually the um, Manson actually mixed that track, which is kind of interesting. And Aaron Lewis is in Crawling of that album as well. Yeah, they so did, they had a did. that album's just fun. Honestly, there's, there's a lot too. And I also, if I'm correct, I believe Jay Z is also in a the Numb song. Yes. They did a collaboration with that as well. So unless you're Jay, Jay Z sucks. Right up there with Metallica. <laughs> yes. So quick honorable mention for my is probably my one of my it's my favorite rap gone metal. So and this is a cover song. We didn't do covers today. We did collabs. But the song is Lollipop, and this is Framing Hanley. This is originally Little Wayne, correct? Yes. Which apparently is a bad thing. I don't know. I guess he. Uh, Demoralizes women and does all kinds of bad stuff, but like Framing Handley does like it looks like a doodle bear. And I'm gonna do everybody the favor by linking the video to our page. And if you should go check out the video because you should go check. We're gonna we're gonna throw in covers. I'm gonna throw one more. I just did one. I just did one. That's fine. But yell at me. Um. And then Jay could take over. I would like to throw out Five Freaking Death Punch as a cover of Mama's Gonna Knock You Out. Which is good cover. Phenomenal. Very well done. Yeah, which, for Five Freaking Death Punch. Well, going back to, if you ever listen to Motograder, which is his first band, it's it's a little more rap core in their, uh, their vocalization area. So I think he takes a lot of that. But uh, it's a very interesting cover as well. We digress. Yep, we are done digressing. Take us home, Jay. So, I mean, we would be remiss to not mention the Beastie Boys. 
at the very least, just to mention the Beastie Boys. Um, Fight for Your Right. One of the earliest metal hip-hop anthems uh, out there. <clears throat> so the Beasties have a, a you know, a, a long and varied history mixing up hip-hop and metal. Um, now in terms of, honestly, the original rap song, the original commercial rap song was by a, a rock and roll band. Um, and it was by Blondie. The song is called Rapture. By Blondie. <laughs> Technically, the, the the first mainstream hip hop rap song. Um, so when you're starting there, and it, it, in the beginning is almost a collaboration in and of itself, just because of the band. Um, and then you move in, you know, you run DMC with your walk this way. Sure. That was like the, the most uh, mainstream one, I think. I was, think it's the one people so ever, everyone kind of grabbed onto. It was onto. so big. Um, well, they even, and, and even the, the music, well, even the music video. And Enemy were doing their thing. Sure. Well, I'm, like I said, that, that um, the walk this way. The, oh, the that video was huge. You know, because they were like breaking the wall between rock huge. and hip hop. Like that was like the <clears> thing. And it was all symbolism. If I'm um, correct, now I don't know how true this is. You may know more than me, but I've heard that Run DMC didn't. Sorry, Run DMC didn't want to do that. Am I correct? Was there like some conflict involved? That, that, I, that's that just sounds correct. Um, <clears throat> because they, they they're very down to earth. Like you know, as much as musicians want to sell the. This album, sounds like Gladius. Sorry. Sounds like something. I'm not sure. This oh, sounds like Rapture. the music they play in the back of Godzilla movies. No, it's Rapture. When Mothra... Th- I wasn't sure until I heard the, the lull. Rapture. The, technically the first rap song. So, we've already discussed Anthrax, I'm the Man, Epic, Faith No More. Um, Cypress Hill, Rock Superstar. Uh... Big house, five cars. That's what he did. Now, also, during the 90s, we had Body Count with Ice-T. I was going to say, that's his, like, rock, oh, hardcore. He, like, he's he's all over the place. He, they he, do Turn he Down likes... for What, am I correct? No, what's what's the cover they do? Upon a Burning Body. That's what I'm thinking of. I apologize. I digress. Body Count was a... a... But yeah, that was his, yeah. Okay. That was a turning point, but you had a hip-hop MC mm. who became a metal sure. lead singer. And, like, um, the main detective in Law & Order. Yeah, there you go. This is the one I'm thinking of. It is turned down for what, isn't it? No, that would be, like... I know, that's in Little John. John the but this, this cover is um, Upon a Boarding Body and Body Count. Now, we've skipped over some major players in the hip-hop, metal, crossover. Talk it up, man. Like, you you laughed at me when I said Faith No More. Who laughed? I mean, you know. Who laughed? Who laughed? It's because I tickled him. It was, like, we're we're playing footsie under here. Lincoln Park. 
We have our own table over here now you. that you're in the corner. Rage Against the Machine. Yes. Uh, they cover a Cypress Hill song. Not just cover a Cypress Hill song. They, like... Well, Zach De La Roca's vocals. Sure. Uh, mm. If something mm. killed a man, am I correct? He is I? closer to Bob Marley than he is anything else. Um, but yeah, no, Rage has that little bit of, uh, little bit of rappiness to there. Yeah. Um, and we've completely jumped over that. And Rage isn't a band where I would say I could pick one song. Call it their hip hop. You honestly, yes, oh, me, yeah. Tom Morello is what makes Rage. Musically. Musically. Vocally, he makes he makes the sound though. I mean, Zach that's like, you know what I mean? like oh without, for sure. Like if Zach you know it's him because of his voice, don't get me wrong. You're, but I feel like Rage wouldn't be Rage without Tom Morello. I feel like they wouldn't be Rage without one of two of them. Sure. So we've gone through Public Enemy, Anthrax, Anthrax, Faith No More, Body Count, Cypress Hill, Hollywood Undead, Rage Against the Machine, DJ Schmoley, Incubus. Okay. First album, Science. Sure. I, I don't know necessarily after that. But that first album, Science, is so so infused. The drum is very good, by the way. Oh. Everybody in that band. Is I mean, good. they're very talented. The band is talented. They just they want to sell albums more than. They're like if, if Dave a, Matthews wanted to do rock. Wanted to sell. Okay. Didn't not necessarily didn't want to make music. Wanted to sell because that's Incubus. At the end of Incubus, we want to sell. Want to make money. I don't mind early Incubus. <clears throat> Later Incubus is all about making money. Which, I mean, okay. Join the ropes. You know, just <clears throat> do your thing. Um, so, some honorable mentions in the metal slash hip-hop genre. Um, Flowbots. I've heard of them. Uh, Not to be confused with Crowbot, right? Nope. Which was Flo- Flowbots. F-L-O-B-O-T-S. Um, that might be my confusion. They're good. Check them out. Uh, Cage the Elephant. Ain't yes. No Rest for the Wicked. Heard that, that one. That, that <clears throat> one. You should recognize that one. I even want to, uh, since it's in my mind, uh, the band Skindred. Skindred, too. They, uh, but I, I wanted to mention them, but I feel like they, they cross over into... Reggae. I mean, yeah, I suppose that's, yeah. Which, with reggaeton now, has kind of a similar feel to sure. hip-hop. I get, yeah, I mean, it's, um, you know, I mean, every genre is adjacent they, to another. They popped fairness. up on my list <clears throat> sure. in, in my head. But I decided that they have more of a that's fair. Caribbean, Caribbean, um, and Canadian rap band Swollen Members. Hey. Uh, check them out. Hey. You, you may dig them too. They're good. No, no, no. I was going to bring something up, but it's just going to tangent off. I'm that's, not going to bring it up fair. now. That's fair. I mean, there's so many that hit that. So that like the same rap reaction as you two do. That, uh, to the, song. The, uh, the, the rap rock genre, though. I mean, it's so big. 
Well, not even, I should I say it was so big at that time period. Like, it's when they got huge. It, you know what I mean? I mean, yeah. even if you go with the, like, that new metal, like, you look at the bands like Flaw, um, stuff like that. Trapped. Yeah, like, they have that, like, quick vocals, and, I mean, and you look at... I mean, you know... Limp Bizkit alone, I mean, you oh, know yeah. what I mean? Being another... I know as much you love Limp Bizkit, <clears throat> but... Well... They hit in that same genre. Rage created Limp Bizkit. Sure. That's fine. I I, I do agree Biscuit with you. Limp created Lincoln Park. Okay. And here we are in the evolution. <clears throat> uh, one of the the big ones nowadays is uh, Ashes to New. Yeah. They're, they're okay. very influential of like Lincoln Park in that style. Uh, Papa Roach being another one. Okay. If you go in the Papa Roach, they have yeah. that rap rock style as well, especially they their older stuff. Going into like the very, their vocals. their very new stuff, uh, they've gone kind of back into their uh, their roots a little bit. I mean, Deftones technically were considered part of that. Okay, I'll even go with Thousand for Crutch. They have a little bit of hip hopness to their their vocals as well. Wait a minute, now we're just getting off topic. I mean, we can do this for hours. In all fairness, well, that's the thing. Once you start slowing down lyrics. This is Ashes to New. Oh, this isn't Linkin Park. His voice, his vocals, like not his. Like the actual lead singer sounds exactly like Chester Benningfield, and that's really weird. He sounds like Linkin Park to me. Well, yeah. Like I said, it's very influential. Of. Oh God, this. Right. This is Linkin Park. Who is this? Ashes to New. This is Linkin Park. Hmm. This is Linkin Park. I mean, aside from... They're a little heavier than Linkin Park. No, no, his vocals sound like something out of, like, the Bloodhound Gang. Like, they're that simple. <laughs> the I forgot roof, about them. The roof. The roof is on fire. No, you want to do... Uh, the roof. The roof. The roof is on fire. Foxtrot Uniform Charlie Kilo. Okay, they have, like, an album called Hooray for Boobies. What about Yummy Down on this? Look, their album was called Hooray for Boobies. And their other album, One Fierce Beer Coaster. <laughs> They're great. They, they are. <laughs> they are awesome. They, they don't care. They're just out there to have fun. And play, play flow butts. Little cagey elephant instead of these guys. More importantly, play Probot. Which this is, sounds like which Incubus. is Dave Dave Grohl's like furious uh, metal band. All right, kids, we gotta rein us in. We we do. Final thoughts. Thirty yeah, seconds. I did most of that out. <laughs> Public Enemy and hey, Anthrax bring one. the noise. Greatest crossover of all time. Peace. Let's say Mark Mike drop, but he just pushed it away. Can't mic drop their own stands. Yeah. And this mic's like 250 bucks. I'm not dropping it. Hey, hey! Jesus Christ! <laughs> this is why we can't have nice things. See, Jay's here. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining beer? us today on Heavy Metal. Oh, I'm sorry, beer. Oh, shut up. Here I am trying to rein us in. Right, and I want to talk about beer. Talk about beer. Like, I want to go to fucking bed. You can't. You got to talk about beer. Or, or cider, I guess, beer. beer. If you said drink beer, I, I could see where he'd be on board. How about drink while speaking fluently upon your uh, frosty beverage? All right. 
www.troutriverbrewing. American Red Ale. This is actually called a Rainbow Red. Rainbow Red Ale. Yeah. 5% alcohol by volume. Absolutely delicious, nice and smooth. Like you know what? I actually, I actually find that like a lot of local breweries, especially like around here, when they do a red ale, it's got like a little hoppiness to it. But like, red ale is not supposed to be hoppy. Like mm. if you go like with like the Killians and like the you know like stuff like that, like it's not hoppy. It's supposed to be smooth, but a little like little boldness to it. And um, you know what? They, they, they they're doing it right up in Vermont. One of those uh, one of those states that I want to talk bad about because you know you go to Vermont and start talking bad about people, you just disappear. Also. But Trout River Brewery, Rainbow Red Ale. And it's all over you. That's an empty can, bro. <laughs> it's just slippery. Like the, the label's like slippery. It's it's humid here. It's humid. It is. It's, like been like, it's, been, it's been like flooding all day with like the 28 million inches well, yeah, of rain. It's only rained the past 12 and a half days. I wouldn't know. I've been in New York. Ah! Uh, so I 4.5 out of 6, by the way. Okay. Good. Wow, all right. Wow. For you, wow. Yeah. Dude, wow. I'm digging it. Damn. It's one of those ones that it's gone up every time I drink one. I... And I got one left. I'm so excited. Uh, <laughs> so my beer of choice, I've actually had this before. I won't uh, I won't uh, avoid that situation. Uh, it is Left Hand Brewing Company. It is the Nitro, the Milk Stout Nitro. Um, I've, I've always been a, a fan of the, the Milk Stouts, the Porters, whatnot. Um, Nitro was re- were new to me a few, uh, almost about a year ago. So uh, lefties, I've always enjoyed their um, normal milk stouts and, and their porters and whatnot. And uh, this one, uh, for being a nitro, I enjoy it a lot. It's got um, only 6% alcohol, which is actually lower than yours, which is funny. Yours That's, being that is right? odd. That um, is but it, it's, it's, it's one of those, uh, you're there for the flavor. You, you slowly enjoy the ride. You sip ah, at it. Ah, believer country. See? You, you sip at it. You enjoy it. You, you, you know, you kind of sit outside and enjoy the nice nice weather and like an evening night, you know, drinking your, your nitro. Yeah, uh, I can appreciate that. Um, I yeah, enjoy you're, not it doing, you're not doing nitro in the middle of the afternoon no, when it's like God 98 no. degrees outside. And you're also not drinking six of them at once because they're heavy. <laughs> um, myself, I would give it a 4.5 out of Mm-hmm. These beers are beerlicious today. Beerlicious. Apparently. And none of us are getting type two diabetes. Diabetes. That's right. Or are we over the? Are we, are we over the limit? Shit. Shut up. I count by twos. In dog years. So Jay, here what do you I got for us? I am drinking John Daly's Grip It and Sip It Hard Tea. That's what she said. No, not to you. Okay, quick side note. Do you guys actually understand who John Daly is? No. Okay, let me, I'm assuming let me just he's tell only you, John Daly. Let me just tell you a quick story about John Daly. John Daly is a PGA Tour pro. As in the golf standards. Pro golfer. Okay. Like Happy Gilmore. He's very much overweight. He has a gambling problem. And he is notorious for having... Um... For lack of better words, I'll call them psychotic episodes. Like he has a he has a temper. So like John, a little Madden. bit of a temper on the course, and he's well known for Feel being a drunk for drinking this. 
Like he's well known for being I'm a so joke. angry. No, this is why this is funny because he's got an eight percent alcohol. That makes sense. That makes sense. Crazy. I mean, if this dude gets off of eighteen holes, like world class athletes on the PGA Tour, this dude hits the nineteenth hole, and which is usually a bar at every golf course in the world. For the record, every golf course in the world is called the nineteenth hole, and John Daly will be there probably from. Four o'clock in the afternoon when he's not playing anymore till seven o'clock in the morning when he's teeing off again. <laughs> and I love that, man. He's America's loser. We love the root for him. If John Daly is competing, I think he's on the senior tour now. I don't think he competes with the real guys anymore. <laughs> but John Daly, the fucking man. I'm glad that golf has a senior tour. Like, it's like the only sport where old people can it's play not and a still sport. be okay. It's got a ball and a stick. It's a sport. So is cricket. You fucking try doing it. <laughs> I get pissed at mini golf. <laughs> Why didn't you go home, ball? Are you too good go for your home? home. <laughs> Suck my white ass, ball. <laughs> <That's my thing. laughs> All right, sorry to interrupt. Really Here, John Daly, tee. Tee it up. I got nothing. <laughs> Three and a half, four. Three and a half what? Three and a half or a four. Three and a half four? That's, oh, that's like 3.54. Is that what you're going for? We're going to call that another tasty treat from Heavy Metal Over a Six Pack. Cheer. Thank you very much for I hanging out nothing. with us. Go check out the website and check out all the... Because I, I, I linked a whole b- bunch of stuff. I try keeping up with uh, everything that we're talking about. And robots and, and stuff whatnot. Yeah, robots and stuff. And, and spaghetti monsters. And, 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 and the pastafarians. Pastafarians. Well, we're, we're all pastafarians. I am so new so what's happening. iTunes, Google Play, like, share, listen, repeat. <laughs> Tell your friends and go shoot us a review. Don't if, shoot us. If you like... No. If you like what I you mean, hear... I mean, if you're going to shoot no. one of us, shoot yeah. Marcus first. If if you wow. don't like what you he's hear, he's big. He's muscly. He could take a shot. <laughs> My roll didn't come out right. <laughs> there we go. Oh. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> Yo. That is the end of this episode. Another fun-filled day in the world of heavy metal over a six-pack. This is Anthony, Marcus, and Jay signing off. See you next time.